Our theme for the month, joy comes in the morning. Your joy is coming this morning in the name of Jesus. I don't care what it is that gives you sleepless nights, that gives you worry, gives you sorrow, gives you a reason to mourn, to grumble, to be in grief. This morning, your joy is coming in the name of Jesus. Tell your neighbor, your joy is coming. Tell the other neighbor, your joy is coming. Tell yourself, my joy is coming. Let's change it. Tell yourself, my joy is here. Hallelujah. The sermon is from a very, very, very wonderful text in the book of Psalms chapter 30, verse 5. I know many of us know this scripture by heart. It says, his anger endures but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure but for a night. Joy comes in the morning. Praise the Lord. In this verse, we are seeing a difference between weeping and joy and a difference between day and night. In the context of this scripture, they appear to be words and opposites. Is it? Isn't it? Today, I want to explore the differences and at the same time talk on the topic, finding joy in the midst of sorrow. Amen. 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 Part of the introductory text, I want to define some of these major terms. Weeping. 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 It's an act of shedding tears in sorrow or in grief. Some people, when they are overexcited, tears come out from their eyes, Abby. We call that one tears of joy. But the one that we are talking about is tears coming out of your eyes in sorrow and in grief. Many things can lead to sorrows. Many things can lead to grief. But as part of the introductory text, we are going to talk about four things that can lead to sorrow. And God's promises when any of this arises in our lives. Praise the Lord. It also talks about night. In this context, night is a metaphor representing a difficult time, dark times, or dark clouds. The cloud is only dark at night. There's no other time that the dark cloud is dark. Even when it wants to rain and the cloud is looking dark, it is never as dark as the cloud at night. Praise the Lord. So in this place, it is trying to explain dark clouds. Dark clouds. Grief. Sorrow. Pains. 
And I want to talk about one of the reasons we can have sorrow or grief or something we can describe as a dark cloud. When we are talking about sickness, when one is ill in the body, physically sick, physically in pain, this can be a source of weeping. How many of us have seen somebody in pain, sick, dying, and the person is joyful, dancing, celebrating? You always see the person in pain, in sorrow, in grief, always needing help, always asking for help. And even when the person does not ask for you, come, you want to tend to render the service of help to that person. Sickness causes sorrow. And sometimes it is more sorrowful when the sickness is the one that we can't see. The Bible tells us of a leper who happened to be an army general. But when he puts on his regalia, everyone sees him as a noble general. But when he goes inside his closet and takes it off, he sees himself as a leper. How many of us carry the kind of sickness that nobody sees? But deep down, it eats you. eats you up. When you are alone, you see yourself in grief, shedding tears. It's so bad that nobody even knows you're sick. And people that have mere headache will come and meet you to come and lay hand on them and pray for them. And they don't know what you're going through. If there's anyone here that is sick in the body, especially sickness that is not something we can all see, but it's eating you deep down inside, this morning, by the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ, your healing is coming in the name of Jesus. And that healing is going to be permanent in the name of Jesus. Because of time, I didn't want to share this testimony. But it looked as if they added more time to my time. So let me quickly share it. The people here that I have told, Pastor Evans and our daddy, in... 2019, my mother felt thickness in the lower part of her stomach. She doesn't know what it was. So she just mentioned, ah, when I touch my stomach, it's not soft. It looks hard. I said, okay, go to the hospital. She's based in Port Harcourt. I said, go to the hospital and find out what's going on. She went and she came back and said, they said there's a growth there that they will have to They've done some tests and they say they will have to take it out. She has five sons. I'm the first and the five of us, we are all in Lagos. So I said, mommy, come to Lagos and do the operation. So she came. Unfortunately, we are all boys and nobody can stay in the female ward. And none of us was married. So she had to stay there alone. So we could only visit her normal visiting times, like every other person. Go and see her. So I tried my best every day to go and see her. There was no fear. She was fine. She was very fine. She didn't look like she was sick. But we just knew that there was something 
in her stomach. On the day she was to do the surgery, I saw her during the day and I left. When I left, the idea was I would go back the next day and the surgery would have been completed. Something now said, do you know it's possible that the last time you saw your mom will be the last time you see her alive? Bam, fear just entered my mind. I said, Jesus, it's true. People with less than this thing go for operations and they don't come back alive. Fear came in. Had, the only prayer I prayed was for Johnny Mercy's when she was coming from Portacourt. I started praying. Now, God, let nothing happen to my mom. At least not now. Finally, they did the operation. When she was going to the when she was going for the, she called me. She said they are taking me in now. I said, okay, don't worry, everything will be fine. That one I was saying was by feet. I was afraid. After the operation, she called that everything was successful, and I was happy. I thank God. But that's not the testimony. When it was time for her to leave. The surgeons insisted that they wanted to see me. Immediately, I knew something was wrong. I made out time and I went to see them and they said that my mom had cancer. When my mom had it, she was broken. She started crying. I told you that she was fine, Abby. She was fine. There was nothing wrong, just that she was feeling something as stomach growth from there, remove the growth, now cancer. That she has to do chemotherapy and the rest of them. It wasn't about the money. God provided the money, we sorted the bills and everything, but it was the cancer. I said, my mom is based in Port Harcourt. She just came because of this operation. She has to go back home. Can you just do it later so we can take it, give it to her? doctor in Port Harcourt, so she can do the chemo in Port Harcourt. They said, okay, that I should write to the hospital requesting that they do such, and I did that, and they sent it to the doctor via email in Port Harcourt. Now, the testimony. For one reason or the other, she didn't start the chemotherapy after one year. Throughout this period, she was fine. There was nothing wrong with her. Throughout this period, she was fine. But we were praying. We were praying. During that period, my family, nobody has time, but we created WhatsApp group chats. We started praying every day. God should do something. God should do this. God should intervene. And by the grace of God, about after a year, it was time for her to start the chemo. My immediate younger brother said she should go and do the test again. And also, I now concurred. I said, yes, go and do the test again. Do this test with this, your doctor. You have a doctor in your church. Also do it with him. My mom went and did the test. She gave them the, I, have a, I had a copy of the letter. So I printed it, sent the hard copy, sent soft copy via WhatsApp. Sent, I sent, when my mom even saw the letter, she started crying more. That she did for, the letter was with me for like a year. She didn't see it. When she saw the content of the letter, it broke her heart even more. I told her not done that she shouldn't cry, that everything will be fine. Now the testimony. The two doctors, separate doctors, did the test. 
and said that there was no trace of any cancer in my mother. Praise the Lord. I'm sharing this testimony to encourage any person here that the doctor have diagnosed and said there's something wrong with you. Today, whatever it is, the healing of God is going to touch your life. And that dark cloud of sickness will be destroyed forever in the name of Jesus. Amen. The testimonies that I've personally experienced on the healing power of God are many. I am one of them. I don't think I was up to 17 when I was diagnosed of ulcer. My dad and my mom happened to be working class parents, so they leave the house every morning, and they take the children to school every morning, so we don't take breakfast. So I just grew up not eating breakfast. This has in, breakfast was not recorded as part of the daily meal. So when you go to school, you now sort yourself till when you come back home in the evening. So I, I, was, I think I was less than 17 when I was diagnosed of ulcer, and the pains were bad. The pains were really bad. When it comes, I'm never myself. So they now gave me a prescription pill. Some of you know the name Voltaren Retard. I've shared this testimony in church here before. So it was as if that Voltaren was my go-to. Once I start feeling the pain, it's a prescription drug, so they won't just give you across the counter. So I have to explain. Then they, when they see that I'm actually in agony, and I show them proof of previous purchases before they sell to me. But this thing did not cure the pain. It only relieved the pain. Once the pain goes, I'm comfortable for that moment, but I know that the pain is going to come again. But it happened one day. I was invited to a program. Sitting somewhere on the left hand, right hand side, the fourth row. And the person on the altar said, there's somebody here. All sides disturbing you. I was there. I was a visitor. Nobody in the church knows me. The people that even invited me for the service didn't know I had ulcer, and they were not in the church. She said, and you feel the pain on the top left part of your chest, and that is where my own pain starts. Ulcer is stomach problem. My own is on the left part of my chest. In my mind, something said, the boy, now you then they talk to then she now said, you're sitting on my right-hand side. You're even sitting on the fourth row. I, that was when I counted that I was sitting on the fourth row. Then she said, God is going to heal you. In my mind, I said, amen. In my brain, I said, who told her? I didn't stand up like Brah Akayode. I didn't jump, I didn't shout. In my mind, I just said amen. I'm 33 years old today. That pain has never come back. If there's any person here that has any pain, the healing power of God is in the house today. No matter where you're sitting, the hand of God will touch you this morning. Whatever name the sickness carries, the Lord will heal you this morning in the name of Jesus. I said, God will heal you permanently this morning in the name of Jesus. 
Sickness can be a dark cloud. Poverty can be a dark cloud. Statistically speaking, in 2022, statistics say 63% of Nigerians live below the poverty line. That means out of every 10 Nigerians, six are poor, four comfortable. Let's ask, and they said that unemployment as of last year was 30%. So that means out of the six people, three actually have jobs that they go to every morning, but they are as poor as people that don't have a job. Statistically, it's not Bible statistics. Google it, you will see it. Let's assume out of the 30% that are unemployed, we have children among them. They are all Nigerians living in Nigeria. We have our dependents, those in nursery, primary, and secondary school that normally are not supposed to work. So they are among that 30% of the people that don't have a job. The other 30% have jobs. But they are as poor as those that don't have. If there's any person here that is under the dark cloud of poverty, and poverty gives you worry, poverty gives you grief, you walk like an elephant, but it's worse than an ant. Today, breakthrough is coming your way in the name of Jesus. And the dark cloud of poverty is broken in the name of Jesus. Another thing that can lead to sorrow, grief, and pain can come from our families, our homes, where there's no peace between the husband and his wife. There can be money, there can be good health, but it can also be filled with a lot of abuse, with a lot of disgust, a lot of bitterness. Or is it between the parents and the child? The child is rebellious, stubborn. Or the, parent, the child sees the parent as the devil fighting them. As a person that does not want them to prosper or to succeed. The one hindering their dreams. So when the wife goes home, she's crying in bed, full of sorrow. Sometimes asking herself, how did I get myself into this mess? Or is it the man? That's like, how didn't I see this woman that she's this a witch? She pretended throughout. Or is it the children? Now, nothing your parents will say will ever make sense to you. So in your home, there's strife. There's bitterness, there's anger. You've moved out of the house out of annoyance. Or maybe they've even kicked you out of the house because of your stubbornness. So before you bring the shame, you're not even part of them. Whatever it is that is going on in your home, going on in your family, whatever it is that is causing you pain, grief, bitterness, anger, rage, Tonight, God is going to bring peace to your home in the name of Jesus. Yeah.
God is going to bring peace to your family in the name of Jesus. God is going to bring peace in your marriage in the name of Jesus. In addition, I like to talk about emotional deficiencies because we have a lot of young people who are indulged in a lot of crazy things. Sometimes our emotions can mess us up so much that you start suffering from anxiety disorder. In other words, you fear too much. You worry too much. They tell you that uh, Odiase wants to see you. You started thinking, what did I do? What is he looking for me for? Ah, who did I offend? Before you know, throughout that night, you will not sleep. Because I said, I want to see you tomorrow. You're thinking, worried. Like I can even flog you if you even mess up. Then imagine somebody that has the right to maybe sack you. Your boss in the office now says, and tomorrow, meet with me by one. As in, from today that they've told you. You are thinking of everything that has happened since you were born to that moment. And you now tell yourself, I worry too much. Or is it depression? You overthink. From there, you now isolate yourself from people and from society. You start suffering alone. What is wrong with you? You don't know. What can I do to help the situation? You don't know. So why are you like this? You don't still know. Okay, what are you going to do about it? Let me cook key myself. Or is it bad habits? Addiction? Addiction to prescription drugs, addiction to cigarettes, addiction to alcohol, addiction to pornography, addiction to sin. Whatever it is that the devil has used to hold you bound. Whatever it is that the devil has used to hold you down that appears to be like a dark cloud that's covering you. Today, today, that bondage is broken in the name of Jesus. That habit is destroyed in the name of Jesus. And you shall stand and dance for joy again in the name of Jesus. Joy itself is a feeling of pleasure and happiness. Opposite to the feeling of sorrow and grief. And the morning in that place, Psalms chapter 30 verse 5, is a metaphorical expression to represent a new beginning or a new hope or a new chapter in your life. So if there's anyone here that needs a new beginning, needs God to give them another chapter in life. By the end of today's sermon, God will begin a new thing in your life afresh in the name of Jesus. I cannot hear your amen. amen. For every person that is sick here, in the book of Psalms chapter 103, verse 
2 and 3. Psalms 103, verse 2 and 3. It says, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who gives all, who forgives all our sins and heals us from all our diseases. God has promised every sick person that he's going to heal you from every disease. Let me hear your amen. amen. The healing power of the Lord will fall upon every sick person in the house this morning. And no matter the name or the type of sickness, you are receiving your healing and it will remain permanent in the name of Jesus. To everyone that is under the dark cloud of poverty. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 says, And my God will supply all your needs, every of your needs, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God has promised to provide all your needs. So you shouldn't be mourning, you shouldn't be grieved, you shouldn't be sorrowful. Even if you consider yourself among the percentage of those that are categorized as poor, in no distant time, the Lord is going to double your income, double your hustle, double your channels of resources, and before you know it, you will see yourself migrating from the percentage of those that are categorized as poor to those that are called comfortable in the name of Jesus, to those that are called rich in the name of Jesus, to those that are called wealthy in the name of Jesus, and even to those that have surplus in the name of Jesus. I cannot hear your amen. For every family going through challenges of bitterness towards each other, bitterness from the husband to the wife, from the wife to the husband, from the children to their parents, be you sons or daughters. In the book of Malachi chapter 4 verse 6, Malachi chapter 4 verse 6, it says, and God will turn the hearts of the father to the children and turn the hearts of the children back to the father. God has promised to heal every home, to restore every family. So if there is any grief, any form of grief, anger, sorrow in your family, today God is going to bring the joy of peace in the name of Jesus. God is going to bring peace to your home in the name of Jesus. And to anyone suffering any form of addiction, be it mental health, depression, anxiety, addiction to drugs, addiction to alcohol, addiction to pornography, addiction to sin. In the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 7, Philippians chapter 4 verse 7, it says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, which passes all understanding, we guard your hearts and your mind in Jesus Christ. So God has promised to give you peace. He has promised to deliver you from that habit. He has promised to deliver you from that cause. So today, if there is anyone who is suffering any form of addiction, any form of addiction, that cause is broken today in Jesus' name. I said, God is delivering you today in the name of Jesus. The night 
will only last for the night. No matter how long you have been in your night, no matter how long you have suffered that pain, that night time is over today in Jesus' name. And God is going to heal you permanently. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30 says, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your soul. 30 says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Are you carrying a heavy burden? A burden of sorrow, burden of sickness, burden of pain, burden of grief. Burden of lack, burden of stagnation, burden of backwardness. God said you should come to him. Come to him. As we are seated, let's bow down our heads and close our eyes. If you are here and you want to come to God, you are tired of your situation. You want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Where you are seated, just lift your hands. I want to pray with you. Where you are seated, raise it higher. God bless you. I can see your hands. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Every other person, just bow down your heads and close your eyes. If your hands are raised up, stand where you are. Just stand on your feet quickly. Stand on your feet quickly. God is going to change your story. He has promised and he's faithful and just to keep to his promise. If you're on your feet, please just come towards me. Come to the altar. Come towards the altar quickly. Let's pray together. Come towards the altar quickly. Let's pray together. Quickly. As you're, in, as you're standing before the altar, you are standing before God. Just open your mouth and confess your sins to him. Confess your sins to him. Everything that you know you are doing or that you've done that you are not supposed to continue doing. Ask him to forgive you and repent from it. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. I want to pray with you quickly. Father in heaven. No, say after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Those of you standing in front, say, Lord Jesus, forgive me all my sins. I am sorry for my past life of sin. I come before you today and I ask that you come into my life. I want to be born again. Give me the grace not to go back to sin. For in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Open your eyes. Look at me. You are now born again. We need your name and your contact so, that, so we can reach out to you and pray with you. So to my right, that is your left. My brother is holding a counseling banner. Please follow him. 
and give him all the necessary details that we will need. Let's put our hands together for Jesus.